0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary, Void prohibited by law, see terms and conditions, 18 plus. Hey, I'm Sarah. When people asked me and my husband, Matthew, about our birth plans, our answer was simple. We're doing it at home. So this is a podcast all about our home birth journey. Greetings, everyone. Today's episode is another birth story, and we are talking with Marissa Oliveira. Marissa is from Utica, New York, and she's a mom of two Maxwell, four years old, and little Miles, who's 18 months. Maxwell's birth was in a hospital, so Marissa has that perspective to bring, having experienced a hospital birth, and then was clear she wanted a different experience for the birth of baby Miles and planned and had a home birth. So we talk all about that, the differences in those experiences, and Marissa is extremely detailed in her home birth story. It's as if it happened yesterday. I mean, her attention to all of it is 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 really awesome and you really feel like you're there as she's explaining it. And she is such a strong, powerful woman. You can hear that come across in and how she handled herself through her pregnancy. And when we talk about a resource or something that um, she used to really help prepare her for the experience, her response, it's all within me. And I just find that so awesome and it's really all within you within each of us and Marissa's story is a beacon of light to that realization. So let's listen in. Hey Marissa, how are you? Hey guys,
1: I'm so happy to be here. I'm doing well.
2: Awesome. awesome. Thank you so much Marissa for joining us on the Doing It At Home podcast. We really appreciate you and uh, we're very excited to to learn more about you and Hear about your home birth.
1: Oh well thank you. I'm really happy to be a part of this. This is gonna be huge for people looking for information. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. So as
0: you know, our goal here mm-hmm. is to really share the stories of women and families all around home birth and to create that empowering dialogue um that isn't always available for everyone as they're on their home birth journey. You know, we didn't have that, so that's what we're doing. And we really want to put the faces of home birth out there. Um, So for you, um, tell us and listeners um, where you're from, maybe a little bit about yourself, and who's in your family.
1: Okay. Um, My husband and I live in Utica, New York, which is upstate between Albany and Syracuse. And we have two little boys. We have Maxwell. He's four. And Miles is 18 months. Wow. with Nick, well, he um, he was my hospital birth, and then Miles is my home birth.
2: That's awesome. So you have experience with both. You've been on both sides. I
1: do, and and one really shaped the other, I think.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, yeah. Okay,
0: so great segue into why did you choose home birth? I'm guessing the first birth had some influence in that decision.
1: It definitely did. Um, but I think the biggest thing initially was that. When I got pregnant, Maxwell was, he just turned two, and I had never been away from him overnight, so I was really concerned about leaving him and then showing up a couple days later with this new kid, and it's like, he wasn't part of it, really. Wow. Um, Yeah. And we were still nursing at that point, too, and he, I mean, he would nurse at night and everything, and I was, I didn't want to traumatize him and at the same time traumatize him again, you know, (laughs) by, like... Yeah, yeah not nursing, not being there for him. And then this huge life, life changing <laughs> event. Happens. Oh, by the way,
2: here's like, a baby brother.
1: Yeah. Right. Totally. Wow.
0: That's really cool. And you know, something I wouldn't have even thought of, you know, cause we are just first time parents with one baby right now. I didn't even think about the implications of, you know, leaving baby number one or, or other babies, multiple babies to go have right. another one and have this huge life shift happen that they don't, Always get to be a part of and integrated into, and then also you were nursing. That's huge. Like those are things I did not think of, and I'm sure many other women are experiencing that right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was um, like you said. It is because I was having another child. This was going to be my second child, so I didn't. I didn't want to not have him as part of the plan. Mm-hmm. Um, to talk about the hospital birth. Um, going back four years ago, it was in the labor and just pregnancy itself. It was it was pretty intense, you know. Um, a lot of it was fear based, and I only know that now because right after I had Maxwell, I found Birth Without Fear, and it was it was a huge impact. I mean, they have so many resources on nursing, and you know, a lot of connections for mothers and support for the sisterhood, which is amazing. But Mm. um, looking back, I know now that a lot of my first pregnancy, there was so much fear involved. Um, I did choose um, an OBGYN midwife practice. So there was a lot of midwives that you could see, but they were still hospital based. And at 32 weeks, I started to have preterm labor and was put on bed rest. And um, they suspected intrauterine growth restriction and that Maxwell wasn't growing very well um I'm fairly small so I wasn't too surprised to hear that I had a a pretty small baby on the way Mm. um so after the 32 weeks and I'm on bed rest every couple of days so probably two times a week I would go to the hospital for sonograms and um just measurements and cervical checks and stuff and I mean that's like six weeks or so of that was pretty intense and finally Right around, um, it was 38 weeks, and they checked me, and it was pretty painful. And um, they said, he's, he's really not growing well. We're going to induce you tomorrow. So I went home and tried to prepare myself. I thought we still had two weeks or so. My husband started painting the nursery. Now what better time to do <laughs> <Wow>. that? <laughs> yeah. And he finished um, doing that right at 4 p.m., right around the time he had to go to work because he worked worked four to midnight, and I I laid down to rest because I felt pretty tired, and I woke up, and it was right around midnight, and my water broke, and mm. there was signs of early meconium, all that stuff, so they wanted me to go to the hospital right away. Not much happened for the next, you know, 10 to 12 hours. They did some Pitocin. Uh, it was unbearable, and I was just unprepared, <laughs> and it was so... Scary. I was just beside myself like the nurses I just nothing was I I felt very unprepared at that moment like I read you know the what to expect when you're expecting and your yeah. pregnancy week by week but that was like that was it yeah. that was all I did and um when it came time I was just like I'm so scared and my husband is sleeping on my bed <laughs> <and> I'm just <laughs> trying to I don't know, I don't know, just mentally prepared, but I can't because the Pitocin contractions are so intense, Oof. one on top of another, so I um, I hadn't wanted an epidural, and I still wasn't progressing after, I don't know, 10, 10 or 11 hours or so, so I was like, okay, let's do the epidural, and then all of a sudden, I felt like I had to push, and my baby came out in two small pushes and the nurse and the midwives they didn't really make it in time. Wow. <laughs> yeah. so
2: this is before they, they gave you the epidural?
1: It is. So it's like wow. it's like Maxwell knew that I didn't want that and he's like, All right, it's time. And I got you born <laughs> That's amazing. He was born five pounds nine ounces, which is bigger than I was at birth and I was full term. I think I was like four pounds sixteen ounces or something like mm. that. And, um, I just, they gave him to me right away and it just, I, I couldn't believe it. Mm. I was still just like dumbfounded. <laughs> it wasn't like initial bonding. I think it took a little while for that just because it was, it was kind of traumatizing. Like what just happened to my body?
3: Yeah. Wow.
1: So Oof. when it came time to... <laughs> Decide that we wanted to have another baby, and all that happened fairly quickly, honestly. Like, we had just decided, and then it happened. So there really wasn't <laughs> much time. It was, it was Maxwell's second birthday that we conceived our next baby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, I had known, right after I had Maxwell, I started following Birth Without Fear, and they had all these beautiful water birth pictures and Mm. you know home birth pictures and I was like wow that's crazy and I was still feeling pretty pretty traumatized by the hospital experience and looking back on it that last cervical check I feel that the um the OBGYN stripped my membranes without telling me because it was so painful and the fact that my my water broke shortly thereafter and I wasn't really due for a couple more weeks um wow so that was yeah it's it's still hard to think about because i mean you trust them you trust them with your body and your baby but i didn't really know them like i knew them because i had to know them Mm -hmm. yeah step into the world of power loyalty So when I conceived Miles, I started planning for a home birth, but I was still unsure because I had complications with the first one, with the preterm labor and the suspected IUGR. And my husband wasn't fully on board, but trusted me to do what I wanted to do. So I went to the same OBGYN midwife practice uh, for my first visit and told them that I wasn't totally sure and that I was thinking about a home birth. And the doctor, who I I really like, it's a husband and wife team, and the husband is great, um, but he asked me, how did he say it, what was disenchanting about your labor and delivery last time? So I I told him. Hmm. And he assured me that they did what they did because they were concerned about the baby's well-being, Mm -hmm. which, you know, I, I can respect that, but only to some level wasn't there wasn't open communication and it felt like a violation of my body. Mm. And I feel like my baby was not ready to come out. I feel like he wasn't ready. He was so small and you know, he's, he's still pretty small and he has some immune troubles and stuff like that. And I'm just like, all these sonograms, all of them. Like there was two a week for six weeks and then, you know, one here and there and all this stuff. So I didn't really know that I wanted to go through all of that again, especially after watching some home birth videos at that point and seeing just peaceful, happy families. And I'm thinking... I. I feel that a baby born into that situation would really have the perfect start to life.
2: Oh, wow, that's beautiful. And
1: thank you. <laughs> also, the house that we live in was my grandmother's house. So my my grandfather passed away here, and I really just wanted to bring life back into it. That's, you had a lot
0: of really powerful things motivating and inspiring you to this decision, it sounds like, from the first, you know, birth experience to just what you saw on other people and what was possible. And now that that story and how it ties in with your grandfather, it just sounds like all these things were really lining up to support you in making that decision. Hmm.
1: Yep, it was intuition. It was a, a gut feeling, and that's something that I never – knew was a real thing until I became a mother honestly and so during the pregnancy I I read the books this time by Ina Mae Gaskin Mm
3: -hmm. I
1: read stories of birth on the farm and I was just mesmerized I could read them all day long and it got me excited I was not afraid I, I knew what my first birth was like I knew that it was it was scary but I knew the process now um so it was a little a little less frightening. <laughs> mm. um, and then just owning that, owning the feelings of fear and of, I guess, deception of the first birth and just trying to do the next right thing for me and my family, which would be to have a home birth. And um, I had a few friends. Around here, and one of my good dear friends who was in Colorado, um, who have had home births, so I had some contact with, you know, friends who have done this before. So that support was instrumental. That's
0: that's awesome. What other what other response or feedback did you get from others that you shared your intentions with, like other family members or friends, acquaintances?
1: Well, I shared it only with the friends that have had home birth and I really made the decision early on and told my husband the same, that I don't want to share it with family members. I don't want to share it with just anyone because I don't want any negative words about it. I don't yeah. want any of that. And those seeds planted in my head. I don't, I don't want people saying, wow, I know so-and-so had a traumatic home birth or at least you're close to a hospital. I didn't want any of that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I love that. I'm curious, though, for those listening who might be going about that the same way, how did you avoid having that conversation? Did you just kind of go along with the idea that you might be doing a hospital birth or did you just kind of brush it off?
1: It was hard. <laughs> um, I, well, because I have my older child, I would say, and I would be very evasive about it, that Maxwell was born at Rome Memorial Hospital. So mm. I'd say 95% of the time people would just go with that and assume that the next baby was going to be born there too. But this, yeah. my neighbor was like, okay, so where are you having this one? <laughs> and then I just kind of shrugged it off, honestly, because I was, she you know she works in the medical field too so i was like i'm not about to get into this i'm just not uh, yeah. yeah i
0: appreciate that and for those listening i think your you your example is testament to you don't owe anyone anything as far as explanation for your birthing plan or what you're doing so people will ask yes and they might be a little annoying about it but you don't owe them
1: anything i do not you're you're right and my my four-year-old is knocking at the door right now ah. <laughs> Hi, Maxwell. what's up maxwell
3: <laughs>
1: you want to say hi how are you calling i'm talking to my friend sarah and matthew hey maxwell we're talking about... yeah hi hi we're talking about baby miles and his birth his birth remember when he was born
3: hi <laughs> That's
1: what my is big and, <laughs> and I'm Okay. <laughs> listen, oh, that's awesome. Can you go back downstairs? Can you go back downstairs? I know. We can't run now because Mommy's doing something, okay? I'll come down right as I'm done. Oh, you want to stay and listen? If you want to stay and listen, you have to be quiet, okay? <laughs> you can listen to my story, too. <laughs> okay, so... We were talking about how to be evasive, if you don't want to answer the question. (laughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Fabulous. No, you did great.
0: Um, Okay, so what was some of the the prep work that you did for the home birth? You know, it sounds like you read the books, you watched some um, videos and saw pictures. What what else did you do to prepare yourself?
1: Um, Well, I had to first find... um, a midwife that's in this area and that's not easy to do because i mean we're an hour and a half away from albany and 45 minutes to an hour away from syracuse and those are the major cities um there was um a doula i think she she was a doula but an uncertified midwife who was around here too that we interviewed and it just it would have been convenient but i didn't feel totally totally on board i was like i do uh a certified midwife Um, just so I felt, you know, like it was a better balance between having the the medical support and intervention necessary if I needed it because of the preterm labor, I was still concerned about that. Um, And I don't know, we just, we didn't connect in the way I was hoping. So we kept looking and we found a midwife willing to work with us and she was outside of Albany. So she was about two hours away and that made for interesting visits. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh, go, I bet. We would go see her um, maybe once a month for um, four or five months or so. Or sometimes we would meet halfway because she had um, a big Mennonite community that she was um, a midwife for, too. Mm, okay. So we would meet at a pizza parlor and just frighten. <laughs> People trying to eat their pizza while we're getting out the fetal scope <laughs> and oh, yes! doing all that—that's
2: awesome.
1: I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, you
2: got to make it happen wherever you can.
1: I know, and you know, I was—I was happy to. I—I I know that I definitely got some strange looks, but maybe I made someone feel feel differently or be like, "Hey, this is cool. Like, I've yeah. never seen anything like that." Absolutely, and I would have loved to. I didn't know there was a different way. Mm. And so and then I mean I don't know, just, just again watching home birth videos and talking to my friends who were doing it. And that seemed to really build the support that I needed and the confidence. Like I was I was fairly certain this is what I wanted, but they all gave me the basis to feel strong enough and empowered enough. That's to just awesome. really give it everything. That's
2: amazing. Yeah, when you have that, that support of a community around you who are loving on you and supporting your decision, it just makes such a huge difference. I know we experienced that, Sarah.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So set the
2: scene for us.
1: Sorry. Oh, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to be <laughs> with, with the kiddos who want to be, be a mom all the time. <laughs>
2: No worries. Like I said, sometimes we have to hop off to go take care of Maya. Yeah. Well,
1: it's a, I think it's an understanding now between parents that it's just like, if I hang up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> right.
2: Oh, We get it. We get okay. it. All right. So, so tell us uh, what happened when you realized that you were, you know, your labor was beginning with Miles.
1: Okay, so it was July, and it was, like, <laughs> unbearably hot. Mm. Oh, my God. It was so humid, and I was just huge, and I never got that big with Maxwell. I was about 40 weeks.
3: Mm.
1: Um, oh, my God, I just couldn't roll over in bed, and I was trying to deal with my very active toddler in this heat, and it was just crazy. Mm. <laughs> um, at that point, we were doing midwife visits every Every week or so, so we'd go get our pizza and do that whole thing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and um, they came to our house a couple of times, you know, just to to get a lay of the land and make sure I have all my supplies. You know, I ordered my my birthing box through the company that our midwife used, and I got her birthing tub, which was great. So I didn't have to like buy one or rent one; she just had one that I can use. Mm. Nice. And I was. I was planning to do it in the living room here, which is just, I don't know, it just reminds me of walking into my grandparents' house. It hasn't changed that much. And um, when labor was starting, um, I had had some contractions the night before. I think it was like a Friday night. And my parents were watching Maxwell because I was very adamant about getting dolled up and going on a date with Travis my husband because I just I wanted to feel not huge mm-hmm. and I wanted some good food and then as I'm getting ready my contractions started and I was like whatever let's just go let's just eat this meal nice. yeah this meal I was excited about it and I was got some italian food and just the waitress caught on to what was happening and she was so excited oh <laughs> that's cool <laughs> So I think after dinner, I called the midwife and she has her doula partner too, who lives right, right inside of Vermont. So like she had a little bit farther to travel. So I wanted to give them a heads up that contractions, I mean, they were pretty intense, like lasting about a minute coming every four to five minutes, mm. just out of nowhere. And, um, we, um, after we called them, we went to the toy store because I really wanted to buy Maxwell a gift from his new baby brother, although at the time I didn't know if I was having a boy or a girl. Ah, mm. oh, school um, was a
2: surprise.
1: Yes. Even though, again, like with Maxwell, because I didn't know I was having a boy that time either, both times, I knew it. I knew it, like 100% sure. <laughs> oh, wow. That's so cool. It is. And you know... It's it's hard to talk about, and I hate to talk about it. I really do. But I think it's important to say that I I had really wanted a girl the second Mm. time. And about a week before I went into labor, I started panicking and just feeling sad, knowing in my bones that it was another boy and just feeling so guilty. Like, I shouldn't want to have a girl. You know, it doesn't really mean anything, but I... I didn't know if I was going to have more kids. I, you know, so I was just really wanting a girl for whatever reason. And then I, I really just came to terms with it as soon as he came out, <laughs> I really did. Yeah. It, just, it went away. That whole thing, it just, it went away. And I don't know what it was. I don't know why I had all this anxiety about it, but I, I had talked to my friend about it and she's like, that's, it's totally normal because she was pregnant at the time too. She had a son and she was pregnant with another son and she was like, it's kind of like a little bit of a grieving process because you're, you're, you know, you're kind of wanting one thing and you know.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, back to the
0: labor story. I really appreciate you sharing that though. You, you know, there are millions of mothers experiencing that too and maybe don't, Feel comfortable enough sharing that or talking about it, and so, like you said, you know, you you felt the need for it to be said. So I really appreciate that. Yeah, just
1: to normalize it in yeah. some way, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, okay, so
0: we're you're in active labor. It sounds yeah. like. Um, <laughs> what so you said in the living room? What else is going on? Like, what's the scene of the room, and how's the mood?
2: Is there music? Are the candles on? Is it? What's it look like in there?
1: Okay. Well, I have to say what happened was we were at the toy store, and at some point labor fizzled out. So that was the night before I actually went into labor. Mm, okay. But the midwives came, and it was a two-hour drive, and I just I felt bad. And they, they just crashed on our couch and woke up in the morning, and Maxwell was really excited that there was people there. And he saw the birth box out, and he said, baby, out. And then, <laughs> I know and then I told him I was like, Well, I guess it's not time because it just it just stopped. And so he was he was just sad and I was I was a wreck too. It was another hot day and I tried to just go on about my day just wondering, Do I feel special? Because in Ina May's book she always says You know, women would start labor when they felt that something was pretty intense or they felt special that day, and then things would happen. So I kept asking myself, do I feel special? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It gets to be later in the day, and um, we dropped Maxwell off with my dad, and I wanted a pulled pork sandwich because that's really all I wanted the whole pregnancy. (laughs) And it just, on the ride there, it just got too hot. I got very emotional. And I just, I was like, I want to go home. I just want to go home. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
3: Dearly beloved, we are
2: gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom?
1: Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino,
2: with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Lucky.
0: Chum-a. That's right, chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: So my husband dropped me off and went and got tacos and a beer. And I'm bouncing on my my yoga ball and my water broke. And it was very <laughs> exciting. I'm like, yeah, be done. It was like 7 p.m., so... It was, it was time to put Maxwell to bed after we picked him up and get things started. And again, my husband fell asleep. (laughs) I don't know what it is about me going into labor that (laughs) makes him very tired. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, (laughs) um, I, I hopped in the shower and just tried to plan my next move and I decided, all right, I'm in labor. My, my contractions were intense. You know, they were starting. And I kept reminding myself that this is just a sensation. It's not pain. It's just a sensation. Mm. And I went and blew up the birth tub and filled it up and then woke up my husband after that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> so the scene of it was, it was just in the living room. So it was, you know, it was nighttime. And there were candles and I had um, my girlfriend who had had her home birth about six weeks before she mailed me this birth banner that she had made um, and used on her birth altar for her son. And mm. it was really beautiful. It was just made out of like vintage fabric, like very light pink and blue paisleys and she had written on them little powerful messages on each of them and it was just it was gorgeous it was a nice reminder like so in between contractions um the midwife or doula or my husband would read me one Mm. and at one point when I was in the tub which by the way I got in the tub and it was like a game changer it Mm. was it felt so good it felt so good. And I was having a lot of like back labor too. So I was just having constant massages from, from these lovely people, <laughs> just, you know, just the four of us in there. And it was very, I don't know, a soft glow. And I was, it was lovely. There was no uh, music on
0: okay,
1: that I can tell. I don't even remember, honestly. I don't <laughs> think so. Um, but during contractions, they would read me one of the things off of the little birth banner. And one of them was, um, you can do this. Your body was made for this. And Travis said, I have one. I'll, I'll read it to you after this contraction. And the contraction ended, and he looked at me, and he goes, smile. Aww. So I did. And it was just so powerful. Wow. And, you know, the contractions were, I mean, things moved right along. And I remember reading in one of the books about, like, kind of keeping your mouth loose. Mm-hmm. So I would do a lot of, like, Yeah. breath. Like, I pretty much did that the whole time. And I think that really... Kept my entire body relaxed. And the, the contractions, they, they were bearable. You know, like I just kept telling myself, these are sensations. You know, this is my baby coming. And this is a beautiful experience. Mm. And I think labor start to finish was about seven hours. And right in transition time is when things got intense. I, I had been in the tub for... Two hours at that point and they said maybe you need to take a break from that so they um brought me over to the couch and it was about time to push and I started to panic a little bit because I was laying on the couch and I was fearful of my previous birth in which I was laying and hmm. you know they had hold of my legs and all that stuff because I ended up having an injury when that happened with Maxwell, some kind of ligament hair that has never really recovered. And so I was really feeling the pain of that while Miles was like making his way down and, and pressed on it a bit. Mm-hmm. But she said, if you feel like you want to push, go ahead. And I did not much happen the first time, but it just, it felt so good and I couldn't believe it because who would think that that would feel good but it did and so I tried a couple more times and things were getting super sweaty and intense and it felt good and I don't know how many pushes it was until his head came out at about 130 and before that it felt like his head came in and out a couple of times. And I had read about that thinking, oh, my God, that's weird. Like, how can you do that? With like, yeah. <laughs> I just I just I just, I pushed because I was like, this baby has to come out, you know, right, so, right. This time I just I relaxed in between. I let it go back in like I, I can tell when it was too much, like just just listening to the cues of my body and being supported fully. My midwife was. She rubbed warm olive oil on, on my lady part, and it felt great, you know, yeah. <laughs> and my doula was there um, assisting her, my midwife, and Travis was up near my head. And I think 132 miles came out. I hear after the fact he had a cord wrapped around his neck, but mm. she slipped a finger underneath there and made sure it was loose enough to where it wasn't a problem amazing how that they just like oh yeah no. or, like yeah done no no they didn't say anything she, like she just calmly quietly did the first thing which i didn't even realize was a thing because it all happened so fast right and she just handed them to me and as she pulled them up to hand to me i saw that it was a boy and i thought that i said out loud another boy i knew it but apparently <laughs> i said that in my head because no one else heard oh
0: <laughs> wow well you just pushed like, a baby out so the veil of like thoughts and yeah.
1: reality like it's
0: all <laughs> mixed together so all the all
1: the and bliss yes <laughs> so he he was placed on my chest and he was like He cried when he came out. He was like a loud, loud baby. And I'm thinking, she will wake your brother. But he started started nursing. And then they, you know, it was just peaceful and quiet for, I don't know, a good five minutes. And they're like, so what is it, a boy or a girl? And that's when I was like, I thought I said it's another boy. And his name is Miles. And he's just perfect. Mm -hmm. And they... (sighs) They handed him to Mac or to Travis at this point because it was time for placenta delivery, which is intense. No matter no matter how you do it, it's just I stood up for it, and it was like your insides are falling out, oh, and yeah. it's pushing to not feel as good as it did when you're working to push a baby out, and there's like a huge reward. This mm-hmm. is like a messy, upsetting reward. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I was happy to be able to see it this time and to know that it was being encapsulated and not just thrown into medical waste, mm-hmm. and I'll never get to see it, you know? That's mm-hmm. cool. Um, and they gave Miles back to me after all that, and we laid on the couch together in the dim lights and quiet for about an hour before they said, it's time for us to clean, clean you up and and clean him up too so i um i got in the shower while they measured him and stuff like that and just made sure everything was good did his apgar Mm -hmm. readings and i remember with my first first birth and now with this one i'm standing in the shower after and it's like (laughs) oh my god you look down and it's just almost too real Mm -hmm. (laughs) like where did that giant belly go it's now just like you can't even believe that something like that just happened to your body and you're there's there's blood and there's just like skin and it's just it's crazy Mm -hmm. it's so so raw and so I find it like I I'm just like in disbelief even when I think about it now it's just oh my god it's crazy i totally agree what's that
0: i said i totally agree <laughs>
1: yeah <laughs> when um i got out of the shower they were all in the bedroom getting ready to weigh miles and i was expecting a maybe a six pound baby because i knew that this was a healthier pregnancy for me and that it had lost lasted longer than when i was pregnant with maxwell and at some point the midwife said, you have a pretty big baby out there. And I didn't realize how big until we weighed him and he was eight pounds, four ounces. All right, (laughs) mama. Yeah, huge, huge difference than, you know, my five-pound, nine-ounce baby who was, you know, probably born too soon and had too many interventions. And then this healthy baby that I, I grew all by myself. Just, I just worked on it you know just by eating healthy and you know just taking care of myself and I didn't have those interventions this time around and I was able to push that giant baby out without any kind of intervention just like with with just knowing my body and with having all that support and powerful words of wisdom from the stories that I have read when I was prepping for all of this that was the hugest, like, the biggest testament to the whole process was just this happy, healthy baby and a healthy pregnancy and a healthy birth. Uh-huh. And that night, well, it was getting to be pretty early in the morning, and um, we dressed Miles, and we put him between us on the bed and we had about an hour or two until Maxwell was going to get up, and we all laid there. And like, I looked at my husband, and he looked at me, and there's this new baby between us. and it was just not something that could be replicated in a in a hospital, in my opinion. Mm. Wow! Wow! What did uh,
2: What did Maxwell say when he saw his new baby brother?
1: <laughs> he came busting in the room, and we said, "What." Baby Miles is here. He's got a new baby brother. And he was just like so so confused. Yeah. <laughs> like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah. And he loved him immediately, kissed his little head. Ah. It was it was really sweet. Was just the most special time in my life. I mean, I think it's the best thing I've ever done, like the experience is something I will always draw back to and draw on for strength and just, like, to feel like I accomplished something and really just trusted my instincts. That's amazing.
0: That's, what a beautiful testament to the
1: whole process and experience. Mm
3: Mm-hmm.
0: I have
1: um, this picture my husband took right after they put him on my chest, and it's it's sweet. I mean, it's it's a really beautiful picture, and I I put it right in front of my bed. So every morning I look at it, or if I'm laying down with Miles to put him put him down for a nap, and it's getting frustrating, I I look at it. That was the best experience. It really, really was, and it was such a far cry from the, the first experience. And I really, I mean, I try not to compare it too much because they were just so different. Yeah. Sure. Sure.
0: Well, looking, looking at the home birth experience now, is there anything about it that you wish you knew or, or would have done a little bit differently going into it? It doesn't sound like it, but I'm just curious if there's anything looking
1: back you... Oh, I'm sure that my husband has something that he would do differently. Um, he had to clean up after. And <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, he did the uh, the reverse pump to get the water out and everything, so it was pouring into the sink. And then there was like I don't know, maybe an inch or two of of birth water left in the in the tub, and. He, um decided to pick up the liner and kind of make it like like a bindle and <laughs> carry it over his shoulder and it just oh. it busted open and it went all over the floor oh. <laughs> so row okay. yeah
2: <laughs> all right <laughs> I sort of saw where that was going as you were describing <laughs> it
1: yeah oh I know no, oh, and it was like he had no towels because they were all used in the birth. And you know what? That's another thing. is like you seriously can't have enough towels for that.
0: <laughs> totally. We've, we've said that before. Like if you think you have enough, add like five more and then maybe you yeah. might maybe have enough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And not stuff you care about. <laughs> right. Totally. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Um, Marissa, your story is so inspiring. I... So appreciate it. I know so many listeners will, will get a wealth of, of knowledge and heart from your story. Um, as we wrap up, I'm just wondering what sort of resource or person was really instrumental in your experience that maybe others can um, can learn from and have for themselves?
1: Honestly, I really just found it within myself. I really did. Yeah. And it, I don't know if there has ever been an um an experience in my life where it's just like that I am the source of it. It was and reading I would say probably the Ina Mae stories they they all had the similar, you know, empowering message that mm-hmm. your body was made for this. It was made for this. Mm-hmm. You don't need to trust anyone else. I mean, on some level, yes, your partner and, you know, whoever's guiding you during your birth, but honestly, 100% you need to to trust yourself and to know and believe that this is this is what your body was made for and it's the most amazing thing.
0: Thank you so much for that for that realness the honesty the sincerity and vulnerability it's um i appreciate it so much oh,
1: i appreciate keeping the the story fresh in my head honestly mm-hmm. it brings me to tears It's just, mm-hmm. so thank you for having me and inviting me and listening yes ma'am
0: yes ma'am and we're going to include links in this show's notes to your blog, which um, also chronicles the story. So if people want to read um, the version of your birth story or, you know, maybe there's parts in it that we didn't get into, we'll include that link and also link out to other things you mentioned, like Birth Without Fear and the Ina May Gaskins books and things like that.
1: Awesome. Cool. has been work, you guys. Oh. I'm, I'm so. I think it's so wonderful, and especially because you're a partnership doing this, it's just beautiful. Mm. Thank you.
2: Yeah, thank you, Marissa. I've mm. I've been sort of silent the past few minutes. Uh, you kind of your story left me speechless a little bit, honestly. Just hearing. Really? <laughs> yeah, just hearing that experience. Um, it was beautiful. It was beautiful. So I really appreciate you uh, spending some time with us today and sharing in such honest detail. And, um, you know, you really walked us through and took, took us and the listener through uh, your, your beautiful experience. So I'm, I'm so happy for, for you, Maxwell, Miles, Travis, um, and your family. And I am very excited that uh, other folks will be able to connect with mm-hmm. your story, learn from you. And, um, yeah, just, just see what home birth can look like.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much, Marissa. We really appreciate you.
1: Thank you, guys.
0: Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there. I'm Chad Higley.